roll it. That'd be a discouragement for people that are thinking about starting a blog for their church. You can figure this out and you can have a clear perspective on what you're going to face and what to expect. You're going to have a lot higher chance of success. We don't have much else, but at least those two things show you our church is doing stuff. We are still meeting. Hello, world. Welcome to the Church Mag Podcast, the official podcast of Church Mag, the home of church, technology, and all things geek, with your hosts, Eric Dye, Jeremy Smith, and Phil Schneider. But first, a quick word from this week's sponsor. This week's podcast is brought to you by Jeremy's Church Tech Devotional Rebuilding. This devotional can be done on your own or with an entire church tech team, week by week, day by day, whatever works best for you. This devotional is for church tech by church tech and is one of a kind. Learn more about rebuilding on the Church Mag Press website at churchmag.press. That's churchmag.press. Thank you, Eric. It's time now to let the fun begin. Welcome to another episode of the Church Mag Podcast. Eric Dye here along with Jeremy Smith and Phil Schneider. And as I record this, I am getting closer, or rather we are getting closer to having the new wraps uh, for the podcast. So I don't even know if this is a relevant introduction anymore. I remember redoing the, the introduction once, and it took me weeks and weeks and weeks to finally get the introduction right. And I'm in this this deep-seated groove, and I haven't even put together all the pieces of it yet. So I don't even know if these intros are going to work. I don't know if the edit, if the intro that I just did will work when we actually release this podcast with the new wraps. I don't know. That's a risk we were willing to take. Pretty risky, huh, guys? I was waiting for this, sorry, but oh. it never came. <laughs> so... Jeremy brought up the concept of blogging. We could talk about blogging. And Phil, very astute of him, said, what about blogging? Because you can talk so many different things about blogging. And you, Jeremy, said blogging style, which I thought was interesting because I've always felt that blogging is kind of its own writing style, not necessarily blogging then having a subset of its own styles. Please, Jeremy, enlighten us more about this quote, blogging style that you speak of? Well, I think there's a couple of different things that come to it. I feel like just in my own progression of blogging personally, um, who I, how I blogged, um, I guess four, five years, how long have I been doing this for a while now? Um, is different than how I do it now, because I feel like before it was like just constantly stressing about, is this content even worthy of putting on church mag? And now it's, yeah, this looks really good. I think this would be something that I think people would like to read. Uh, a lot of times before it was based just off of my own intuition. And, and now that we kind of know the feel of where church mag is and where it's been heading and all that stuff, it's like, well, clearly this fits into the category of content that church mag wants to do. And even the styles of what church mag has done in the past, where it was how many posts were they doing every single day for a while, Eric, like, three or four posts a day? Well, yeah, it used to be, well, Church Mag itself on its own, the most it did was eight posts a day. And before that, when it was separate, mm-hmm. when it was a network of sites, when it was uh, uh, Church Crunch and Church Create and Church Drop, and I forget how many there were. There might have been five of them. And each of those would have four to five, I want to say as many as six posts a day. So you, you know, you have 20 you know, peaking out at 30 posts in a day, which that's a lot of content every day. That's mm-hmm. a really, that's a lot, 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 lot. But and now we're shooting yeah. for one, but it's going to be mostly long form content and highly curated content. 
um, we get the occasional Jeremy article that's a video that you watch or some geeky stuff that goes on top of it. But a lot of times it's long form content that um, we put a ton of effort into one article as opposed to posting six to eight articles in a single day, which has its drawbacks because our SEO has gotten hit by it. But it's also, I think, improved our readership and our engagement with that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, there, there's so much noise out there and there's so many, you know, the repost game. I don't know that it, it's definitely not a flippant decision. You know, there's there's a lot of noise, there's a lot of content out there, and there's a lot of repetitive content on the web. There's a lot of duplication in that sense, and, no. and so we've made a concert. It's no, true. It's not. true, Phil. Mm-hmm. It's true. <laughs> so we've made a concerted the effort. You say <laughs> the sass is strong with that one, but that that that's that's more of a a strategy style. Yeah. So. But, yeah. but I think that Church Mac is in a place where it could pick and choose what it wants its strategy to be. Whereas um, a lot of people that are getting into the blogging game, they don't know what they want their strategy to be. And they haven't figured it out or they haven't even thought about it. Um, oh, in the past uh, five, six months, I've seen people take up blogging, vlogging, social media, newsletters, all these different things, pieces of content and very quickly flame out. And I don't know, I I didn't ask them about their content strategy, but it definitely felt like I got this passion, everything's white hot, and then very quickly it's like, and I'm done. And I wonder what what was going on that made that kind of thing fail. And from the random conversations I have with people, a lot of times it was, I just don't have anything to write, or I don't have time for it, or... It's not a priority right now. And I'm just thinking you put all this time in trying to find the right design and what you want to talk about. And now you're just letting it kind of sit there. And I have a tough time with that. I guess maybe the blogging strategy is where I kind of thought about that conversation of trying to help people out with that. Because there's between three of us, we have like a couple decades of blogging. And thousands over 10,000 blog posts. Um, so, yeah, and I think, you know, it was it was told to me, it was taught to me long ago when I first started out that, you know, blogging is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And, you know, you have to, you know, in a marathon, when you start off, no one, no one starts off sprinting. You know, you, you set the pace early. And that's why I always try to encourage people to to figure out ahead of time how often you want to post and to be realistic about it, you know, and then to write mini posts, create a buffer, right? Um, before you even launch the thing, have plenty of content already to go so that when you hit that, that first lull, you won't be discouraged because if you're trying to post every day and you miss several days and then you gotta, you got you gotta, you feel like you need to catch up, right? But then that, that that's hard. It's hard because then you got to do double time, and you weren't even you were having a hard time just doing one a day. Now you got to do double time. You got to do two or three in a day, and you know that's rough. And so you say, "Oh, I'll just skip a few." And before you know it, you haven't written in a month. You know, um, and so it's better off to be more realistic ahead of time. You know, do I want to go once a week? Do I want to go every few days? You know, figure that out ahead of time because it's 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 a lot easier to increase, or it feels a lot better to increase. 
than it is to decrease. Okay. So, but we've, we have decreased considerably. Even since I came on, you know, about six years ago, we have um, decreased our posts per day considerably. What was the strategy behind that? Well, the strategy behind that was overwhelming, overwhelming audience, essentially. That there, there was just so much content every day. All the time. And a, a lot of times, good content, um, I felt, would get buried so quickly, you know. Um, and, you know, if if you want to have technical articles about how to use WordPress, right? Instead of having a tutorial on Church Mag every once in a while about how to do something on WordPress, you're better off to to go to a website or a blog that does WordPress all the time, you know, and coming to the grips with the fact that there are some, there, there are areas on the internet that are, that are better resources than we could provide. So it was really about focus. It was like, you know, what are we good at? What should we be focusing on? Right. Instead of just. Cr- and I feel like there was a little bit of a shift there, wasn't there, where instead of curating, I feel like we were curators before of, Hey, here's a great idea of how to do WordPress, which people came to us and instead, now we're coming up with unique content. So I feel like our conversations we had before was ultimately, let's stop rehashing the stuff. And I think that was a big thing that you had pushed for in that moment was, let's stop doing what everybody else is doing. Which was, it's not something that I think everybody needs to do um, because it has its place. But I think that that's what we had decided to do at that point. And maybe we'll go back. I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts are about that. Like, is this uh, how we are right now is like the done deal kind of thing? Like, this is where we're staying for a really long time? Well, yeah. and I th- At least in the digital. And I think that that's important when it comes to blogging is the ability to be flexible and to be able to shift as needed, you know. Um, because this, this is a very changing game. For anybody to act like they've got, you know, everything – for anyone to act like they have everything figured out and they have some sort of secret sauce, you know, just just stay away from that as far as I'm concerned because it, it, it's moving so rapidly and it's changing so quickly. That's where I like to, to lean on fundamentals. Like Seth Godin's really good because they're fundamentals that, that, that go across, you know, business and art, et cetera. Fundamental ideas and concepts that you can apply to different situations and create similar results. And... You know, to to say you know you only you can only do it one way or the other is is uh, foolish in my opinion. So there definitely has to be room to switch and to be pivot and and to change in that regard. Yeah. Speaking of Seth Godin, I'm writing a book on motivation, which we'll talk about a while later once we actually get there. But um, someone had gone to one of his speaking engagements he had done recently within the last couple of months and talked about he was talking to a whole bunch of entrepreneurs and he said, who in here wants to work to be successful? And he said, raise your hand as high as you can. And so everybody put their hand up because I mean, it's entrepreneurship. So obviously they want to do that. And he said, okay, great. Now, if that's the case, go ahead and put your hand a little bit higher. And everybody put their hand a little bit higher. And he's like, what's that about? I I originally asked you, put your hand as high as you can. And then I asked you to put it even higher. So was it the ma- fact that you just didn't put it as high as you can, or you didn't realize you could go higher until I challenged you to do so. And he ultimately went to the last point of a lot of times we need that kind of extra push, which I think is another good point for this conversation is um, if you don't have, if, if you're just trying to do this alone, you probably could do it. 
Um, but it's not going to be very fun. And I think that's a huge benefit of church mag is we have just been a whole bunch of people coming together blogging. And that's been really a big success, at least for me, it's a personal mm-hmm. one. Yeah. It's, it's been key to it, to its success. Um, I, I would say early on before it became church mag and it was eight bit, you know, there was a team running it and it evolved. There were changes and then there was just one person running it. And, uh, that that was that was difficult, and so you know o- over time we made the shift and and worked towards creating another team, and that's exactly what we have, and it is far better to do it together because it is without a doubt dangerous to go alone. <laughs> okay, so let's let's uh, talk about making this. I'm going to do the Jeremy thing, and let's put this in the real world. What does this mean to a church? You know. Cause like I, I love blogging, but my church, we blog once a week and that's pretty much it. And it's just our, our worship set. So mm-hmm. how, how do so, we blog? So it's really not a, it's not really a blog in that sense. Then it's really just the publishing of the, yep. of the I mean, worship that's set. That's all it is. It's our, but it's occasionally I'll write an actual post, a small devotional or some kind, but there's not much else to it. So to the and and, I'm a blogger. So not, and I don't have time to blog. So what does this mean to a church? What do they care? They're thinking, you know, size down to one post a, a, a day. I'm trying to get one post a month, you know? So what do we tell them? I think churches need to be really careful about jumping on the hype train. Um, you know, we say, you know, you need a blog, you know, for SEO, or you need this for social media, or you need that. And, you know, spreading, spreading ourselves thin sometimes doing these busy things. Right. And I think that a lot of churches probably should, should you know seriously look at their blog and and see where it's at and make a decision whether or not they're going to do it and do it well or they just need to get rid of it right it it was the thing to do it was a fad maybe you know or somebody told them they needed to do it and it's not working so maybe you're better off to to work within your capacity and not do it. I love the idea of taking what you just said and applying something that someone has always challenged me with in ministry. And I've held on to this for probably 12 or 13 years now. Gosh, I'm so old now. I keep realizing that. Anyways, um, if easy, easy, easy. <laughs> if what you did stops, would anybody care? Would it matter? If the answer is no, stop now and start doing something that matters. And not even from the sense of like some um, Dave Ramsey, John Acuff out there and do something meaningful with your life kind of stuff. But just why are you wasting your time on something like that? And I think that my future self, like my, I, I do vlogs and I think that my future self and my kids as they're getting older and my wife especially would miss us doing the vlog. And there's a lot more benefit that may come out of that, but that's been my audience from day one if anything more happens. But someone else is not going to have that kind of thing, and they're going to not care if they only get 50, 100 views. I've had a couple of people that have had, a couple of friends of mine that have had vlogs that have gone um, six and 7,000 um, views every single time they post something that they could actually make a little bit of money but they just decided to quit because it was really difficult and and they needed to do things elsewhere. But for me, that's not the case. I think that it would be missed if I just let it go. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. 
I like that. What, what, what do you think of those? What do you think of our positions or our uh, thoughts on that, Phil? Yeah, I, I agree with Jeremy. I think if, if you can't think of anybody or any, uh, if, if you think you're doing something that no one's going to miss, if you stop doing it, stop doing it. And I think I agree with that. I think that's, if, if folks are listening to this, take anything away from this, it's, it's that, but I think on the converse, the question has to be asked if, if you are doing something that no one's going to miss, what are you not doing that they are missing? Hmm, that's good. Because, like, okay, some real talk. Okay, this is some real talk. My church still does Sunday night services. Okay, and we have a, an older crowd who who enjoys them, who wants them, but a younger crowd doesn't come. And the older crowd said, "Well, you got you got to make them come." I go, "I'm sorry, make them come." I don't I don't understand what that means. Um. But our our younger crowd would prefer to do small groups. They're not opposed to doing something something church related on Sunday nights. They're just, they don't want to come out to church. They were at church that morning. They'll be back on Wednesday night. They don't see the value of coming out for one more sermon in the middle. Mm-hmm. So it's about okay. We're, we're doing a thing that some people uh, would not miss if we dropped it. Some people would. The question is just how you navigate that that middle ground. How you figure that out. And those are conversations I feel like most churches don't want to have. Yep. They'd rather keep things going as they are, um, leaving, leaving some people who are angry about what they're missing so that other folks will, will not be angry about what they miss. But you can't guess my stance on having hard conversations. Uh, Jeremy's stance is always um, and on Twitter. <laughs> it doesn't hurt. It's not a good conversation worth having. Put that, put that on a T-shirt. Put that on a T-shirt and scare. Put it on a church merch T-shirt. No one's going to buy that one. <laughs> that would be a great dating conversation, right? If it doesn't hurt, no reason to have it. It'd be the perfect kind of way to find your next significant other. No, it's like a land. Nobody mine. wants to jump on that one, huh? No, nope. I, I think those. I think those two. <laughs> you know, I really think that is a, a good approach for churches and blogs. And I, I can guarantee you, there are so many church blogs out there that are just sitting there dormant. That that. They need to be dealt with. And it's a lot easier, I know, to ignore this stuff and just let it sit there instead of making the choice. But you either need to to cut it off and just let it go, or you need to, you know, focus on it and, and, and make it more awesome. One or the other. And if you're thinking, you know, like Phil, you're churching that set list, you know, perhaps that's something that's that's more better suited for a private Facebook group or a you know public Facebook group whichever it may be a Facebook group for your church that that can be shared on instead of on the blog it's 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 auto shared there but it's also posted live on the blog so that if you're a visitor of the church you can see it so that way that way if you're like oh I'm going to, I'll try this church out oh, hmm. oh they sing oh, oh wait here like, here are songs they sing so I know that the songs aren't going to be one weird you know hymns in five eighths time but also I could if I wanted to just listen a little bit how many people view that page uh, not a ton but I do I have received positive feedback from people like anecdotally so like yeah. the numbers aren't high but the, the few the times people have used it it's been very helpful for them and it takes me at this point maybe 10 minutes to do every week so for, no exactly and that's another thing too if you're doing something that you don't know how much value is in it you look at your time i mean at, at this point i've got most of our songs i have the html and the embed codes in a evernote doc 
if I had to, I could just turn that over to anyone in my office and say, you need to do this every week. You look at the list in Planning Center. You post the embed code here. If we add a new song with no embed code, let me know, and I'll help you write the embed code, and that's it. Because it's there's so little time involved, so little technical know-how that, uh, but but the, the the potential for rewards on a given day are just are are are, are too good to pass up. Yeah, to me, to me, something like that, Phil, could possibly even use a little bit of retooling in in what you're naming it. So instead of blog, call it like weekly song list or the song blog. Well, maybe not the song blog, but well, I've actually I each each post gets a uh, WordPress tag. Um, you know, worship set list, and there's a button on the homepage that's linked to that tag. It says songs we sing. You click it, and there's a set list for the See, week. See, yeah. Okay, so this is a great example of the blog function of a website being being used in, in, in a really creative and unique way for churches. It's honestly one of the easiest ways you can have dynamic content on your website. So we have like we have events on our website and we have this. We don't have much else, but at least those two things show you our church is doing stuff. We are still meeting, you know, like the doors are still open. Because <laughs> so many churches, so many churches, the website's up there and it's static and it's clean. It looks nice, but unless there's an events page or something like a set list, there's no evidence the church is actually still meeting. The, oh, hey, look, they paid for their hosting for two years in advance. It's still there, but the church is gone. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true at least digitally that's true <laughs> what tip would you give eric right my my tip was just like figure out what you're gonna do and either do it or get rid of it but quit goofing around with this like dormant dead blog that's just looks like what phil said you close the doors on the church and you paid for a few years of hosting ahead of time that's a detriment if you have if you have a blog if you have a church website and you have a blog and the last blog post is from months and months ago that's that's a detriment that doesn't help you that is actually hurting you at that at that point that'd be a discouragement for people that are thinking about starting a blog for their church i would say it's realistic that's why i say you know, be realistic about it. Get together a game plan and follow through. If if you're only planning to to post, you know, once every couple months, then you don't need a blog. You need something else. I don't know what, but you need something else, not a blog. But I see how successful other people are doing, and I want to have that kind of success for my church. Well, what what are those other churches? What are these other churches or other people successfully doing? How are they? How are they being successful? They're writing blog posts. How often? Every other day. Then if you can do that, then do that <laughs> to be successful. Not every, not every, not at once every few months. Mm-mm. I think the hard part with that is that people see that. <laughs> I mean, I mean I, this is an honest question, honest question because I don't know the answer. This isn't like softballing it to you. Maybe I am going down the wrong rabbit trail. But how many people have looked at Church Mag, have s- said, how do you do it, Eric? Um, because they tried to do a church mag clone and it didn't work out. Well, first of all, I don't do it by myself. That's a huge thing. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's it right there. <laughs> Not doing it by myself. <laughs> have have people come up to you and said, 
I tried to do what you do and I can't, or you've seen them try to do it and then it kind of just fizzles uh, out. What I see is I see a lot of people, you know, you see it. People start up. I mean, that was your example to open things up a little bit. People start a blog. They've got the newsletter. They got all, all, all thing. They have all the things, right? And that's where a lot of the energy and work goes into is all the things opposed to just, you know, spinning up a, a blog and making the focus being about writing instead of all the things, the things isn't going to, isn't going to make or break you. It's, it's the being able to write. And if, if you're like, Hey, you know, um, I don't see a problem in writing 20 to 30 blog posts in a month. That's not a problem. Well, if that's not a problem for the next month or two, write that many blog posts, see how it goes before you even, you know, public, you know, before you publish it, create padding, you know, um, and, and just see how it goes or start a list of, of all your ideas and, and get them all out there and be realistic. You know, if you're going to be doing, if you're going to be doing over 300 blog posts a year, right. Then start on that list now and, and see, and see how it goes and how is that sustainable over the next couple of years and just, just be realistic about it. That's all. I tried doing an advent series on my, on my blog a few years ago. I had like one little advent post a day. And I got a few ready ahead of time, but man, it about killed me by the end. Having a post a day. I mean, I'm still, my buddy and I are our politics podcast and we'll record a few at a time and get them in the tank. But the way politics are going right now, I mean, everything's, everything's outdated within an hour. Uh, and so we, we stopped doing that and we just got behind. And then now I'm in grad classes. We've got recorded in, in six weeks. Uh, and so it's, like, it's one of those projects where, like, I think, ah, come on, it'd be so easy to just get on Skype and do a do a half-hour podcast, you know, once a week. It's not that easy. And you get in those projects where you think, ah, oh, I can do 20 blog posts in a month. Um, and you can that first month and maybe the second month. Mm-hmm. But if you're not strategic about it, you're going to burn yourself out really quick or start, just, you know, scrapping from your own posts yeah. to make your numbers up. Which is interesting because you've actually done podcasting before. So it's not like this is your first rodeo. You definitely don't have to say you're a newcomer to it. Right. And yet even then you still are having difficulty with it. Yeah. And I think, well, I think, and I, I've, I wondered about that. I think part of the dynamic might be because there's three of us. If I, if I can't show up, you two can go on without me, but the other show is just two of us. And so if one person can't go on, then the show is just done. Uh, so that's part of it. There's no like, there's no skeleton crew. You know what I'm saying? But then also, secondly, it's a situation to where uh, with us on here, we're just talking about our opinion and whatnot. But on a politics show, I want to have a little more you know, material to talk about it a little more authoritatively. So then it's like an investment. So I'm almost like writing two or three blog posts of just notes in order to get up there and just talk on, on you know, talk for 30 minutes. So if people don't realize you get, you get, you start, you, when you launch a project, it's not just the thing, it's all the, all the work that goes into doing the thing. So you might say, Oh, I can do a, I can do a blog and you could crank out 20 posts in your first month. But what you don't realize is that you've spent years gathering that knowledge that you just put out there in one month. And now you're, now you're out of knowledge. <laughs> Exactly. That that's huge. That's huge. And, and as far as the podcast goes, I mean, there's editing as well that goes into it. A lot of podcasts, you know, people put a front and a back, and they're done. They don't actually go through and edit and tighten things up and and put that kind of production in it. As well as with writing and featured images and and things like that that goes in. I mean, you know, every every blog post that's published on Church Mag, that isn't how it's submitted. 
And in fact, I've been trying to get in the habit of and trying to get in the habit. I've done it like once or twice of using a, um, uh, a, a free web app that shows what changes have been made. Cause I thought, you know what? I should start showing everyone like what changes I make because depending on the writer, I have to make the same exact changes every time. Right. Based on the submission, because my philosophy is if you, if it is to remove as many obstacles for the writers as possible so they can focus on the writing. So they don't have to worry about, fo- about featured images. They don't have to worry about styling so much, you know, all these different kind of, sometimes even links. Okay. I, I mean, I've had app reviews and there's not an image for the app. There's not a link to iTunes, et cetera. Right. And so I'll gather that up and put it in there um, because I want them to be able to just focus on the writing and, and the creating of the content. Just sheer laziness, Jeremy, start putting images in your posts. <laughs> but, but, um, you know, I will say just the, the acme will, of hubris, my friend, I will say this is you, was it you, I think it was you, Phil, that um, Eric had said you haven't uploaded an image, a featured image with your articles in a while. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stop doing featured images for a while just to focus on writing. Here's what it was, though. Here's what it was. I was creating featured images, and then he was changing them. So I thought, well, forget it. <laughs> if he's going to do better images, why am I going to try? So I stopped doing it. And then occasionally, if if what I'm doing comes of the sweet image, all this or a logo, I'll just create my own if I can. But if I don't, if I don't, if I don't know, like I, if I don't know what the perfect image will be for a post, I'm not going to try because Eric's better at it. First of all, uh, then second of all, it was taking me hours to create images. That he's like, well, that sucks. Forget that. That's not going to my. That's not going to my blog. I am Church Mag. I'm not putting that out there. <laughs> no. Sometimes I put it in the body because sometimes it's good to have more than one image in there. So I put it down. You know, yeah, there. way below the fold, so that if you scroll this far, <laughs> this, this image won't turn you off. <laughs> oh my gosh so i mean that's just an example of just you know when you're on your own you have to do all those things which take all that much more time and i don't I, i'm you know i don't want this to be a discouragement for bloggers and podcasters out there i don't mean that to be to discouragement to me this is the seth godin perspective of you need to listen to your critics right this is this is pushback from us of things you should realistically think about because if you can figure this out and you can have a clear perspective on on what you're going to face and what to expect you're going to have a lot higher chance of success because you're going to be like hey these guys warned me about this and I was ready and you're not going to be taken off guard and you'll be like hey I can push through this I can do this thing you can do it the question is, do you enjoy the Church Mag podcast? We hope you do. Send us an email, podcast at churchmag, and tell us what you love about the Church Mag podcast. And be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. We love them. The Church Mag podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com. So what do you mean by, what do you mean by blogging styles? Like Henry Styles, but no. Um, Who's Henry Styles? And he, the singer from One Direction? That's Harry Styles, sir. Oh, Harry Styles. <laughs> oh, well, you're the one that knew, uh, you knew the, to correct that, Phil, so I think we're the ones well, laughing. I, I do teach prepubescent girls, so. Yeah, well, I could just not edit, leave that part 
in there for the edit. <laughs> it's your call, man. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> I say yes. <laughs> 